The Florida Panthers win their second straight game by a final score of 5-1. to one. But despite that win, the Florida Panthers have a little bit of more adversity to face with the injury bug. We're going to be discussing who will be out an extended period of time, who is scheduled to come back maybe sooner rather than later. And we're going to discuss the Florida Panthers' approach to the final game of this five-game Western Canadian trip, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Tuesday, December 6th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL. Locked on Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steel Ronan, and Locked on NHL Prospects. And don't forget to send a screenshot of your subscription to the Locked on Florida Panthers YouTube page and your five-star rating to at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter via DM. Or if you don't have Twitter, you could send it at Locked on FLA Panthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus New Jersey Devils matchup on December 21st at FLA Live Arena, a nationally televised event. So we got we already got quite a few entries. So there's your this is a, a chance to to win. And of course it's the season of giving. So why not? So make sure to send in your entries. So want to say, first of all, uh, apologies for not getting a uh, show out on Monday as I was still traveling back from South Florida. I actually was in South Florida this weekend uh, enjoying an Odyssey Beach Festival in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, there was a Panthers tent. It was sponsored by the Florida Panthers as well. So was still somewhat around uh the Florida Panthers in a way, just not around the, the hockey team. and. I got to enjoy my time with uh, with a few friends, and I got to meet up with uh, Nick Fairbanks. Uh, of course, you hear him on on the show, and he made a big prediction about the Florida Panthers game versus the Seattle Kraken, which I had an opportunity to watch this game twice already. Now, uh, thankfully, the on-demand option is a great thing on the Valley Sports app and even on ESPN+. Plus. So just spent my Monday morning... Uh, watching the whole the whole game so all caught up and man what a performance by the florida panthers uh, a second straight game where they win by a final score of five to one ten different players contributing getting a point for the panthers as well and really an when when the panthers getting an early chance really in the first period you had a pretty good feeling that the Florida Panthers were in for another great, great night. Uh, Anton Lindell was out one, again. 
on Saturday night and the white Heppel Niemi line, of course, was always going to see players flip flop around there. Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, Etsy Lusteranen were mostly the players that were rotating around that third line. But with Lundell already being hurt, the injury just continued to pile up as Radko Goose was exiting the zone and elbowed by his own teammate in Sam Bennett as him and former Florida Panther Jared McCann got were fighting for, for the puck near the boards and then Sam Bennett doesn't see Radko Gudis and accidentally elbows him and Gudis comes out of the game. was had, had a hard time getting off the ice too and uh, it looked originally when I saw the replay excuse me, not the replay, when I saw him live and he was crawling off the ice, it looked like it was a lower body injury. But then when you see the replay, you see Sam Bennett's elbow going right to him. And we'll get to another one uh, later, but the Seattle Kraken having many opportunities early early on as well. Uh, a missed opportunity on a three-on-one where Spencer Knight was out of his net and they completely whiffed on an opportunity. And that's when it was a zero, zero at the time. And uh, the, the stall brothers, despite the one and only goal for the Seattle Kraken coming off a, a not a not so good decision by Mark Stahl, uh right near the end boards to Brandon Montour, right as he's on his knees uh, and Jordan Eberle, who, is a player that the New York Islanders are definitely missing uh, from that, from Seattle claiming him from the expansion draft. And then Jared McCann, former Florida Panther, uh, Jared McCann uh, converting. It. And we, me and Nick uh, spoke about it. that's the player uh, to stop. I mean, only scored one, so it's uh, no, no big deal. And, uh, but also Mark Stahl being involved on that first goal by Carter Verhage as he's trailing the, the play on the rush. And Matthew Kachuk didn't get an assist on that goal, but emotionally, I'll, I'll I'll give him one for setting up Mark Stahl because Philip Grubauer coming out of the net, which left the net open for Sam Bennett to get it to Carver Hagen, get it into an open net, and a horrible horrible challenge by Dave Hackstall. But you 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 take what you can get when it comes to uh, when it comes to coaching coaches making uh, bad decisions uh, for their squad. And Mark Stahl definitely did not interfere uh, Philip Grubauer and was definitely very responsible for uh, that goal. But of course, with Matthew Kachuk as well, setting up Mark Stahl, even though it didn't go in, uh, lots of credit also goes uh, to uh, Matthew Kachuk as well on that one. Just incredible every single night. I I feel like I'm going up. I'm I'm raving every single time uh, on this podcast about Matthew Kachuk. Every single opportunity I can get because the trade looks so great once again. And and on that power play goal with Brandon Montour from the point, and then a cutting Carver Hagee as well uh, to in 23 seconds. Uh, and just the previous night with uh, the Florida Panthers getting goal three goals in 59 seconds, just bam, bang, bang, bang. Uh, just doing it over again and just the uh, the opposition not having enough time to just settle in it's just you're you're giving an opportunity to like pin them while while they're down so uh, and again that was where with 
the Seattle Kraken missing a big opportunity on a three-on-one just earlier in that period. So hey, you 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 take where where you where you can uh, where you can get it. I mean, and in the second period, I mean, the box score you might see shots on goal advantage thirteen to two in favor of Seattle, but that's very misleading uh, for for the Panthers. The Panthers were consistently creating havoc in the neutral zone, getting getting sticks uh, in the passing lanes, and even had established a lot of offensive zone time. I mean, Matthew Kachuk's goal was the last shot of the second period, and it didn't even feel like the Panthers were were not getting the puck into the net. I mean, the Panthers had so many opportunities as well, but the Fenwick stat for the Panthers uh, was not very high in that second period as they had shot attempts after shot attempts, but blocks uh, to as they were getting towards uh, Philip Grubauer. I mean, uh, for those people who do, I, I don't really mention Fenwick so much, too much on this show, but Fenwick is uh, block, shots that go unblocked uh, to the net. So the the Fenwick uh, uh, category for the Panthers wasn't really high in that second period, but even then, uh, the 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 Panthers were still establishing quite a bit of zone time and. Spencer Knight was uh, maybe maybe lives in uh, Matty Beniers' head a little bit because Matty Beniers was just cons- consistently creating opportunities uh, right right in front. The he took advantage of a bad uh, shift change for the Panthers late in that second period, and Spencer Knight great lateral movement all night, and he just able to consistently track pucks even behind his net on breakout passes as well, exiting to the zone, out of the zone. Spencer Knight was just great in every single part, and that's your number one goalie. That is the number one goalie for uh, the Panthers. I mean, it. and let's go to the Patrick Hornquist uh, collision with Daniel Sprung. I thought it should have been an interference call and goes uncalled for, 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 for that, and Later on in the game, Daniel Sprong gets another hit on Colin White in the neutral zone. I'm like, this is kind of a chain reaction to not calling that penalty at first on Dan- for, to Daniel Sprong on Patrick Hornquist that knocked him out of the game more than just knocking him out of this game, which we'll get into segment number two. But that hit on Colin White from behind that which hit him got him on the boards that wasn't called a penalty neither and it was just like a, a what can i get away with type of scenario for sprong in that situation so mm, the, I, I questionable as far as the officiating on that one uh good news is alexi hepaniemi uh even though he didn't really have the best game against vancouver took a really silly penalty uh the other the other night uh but Alexi Hepaniemi gets on the board as well, even though Grubauer kicked it in himself. His first goal since January 30th of 2021 in his NHL debut, the game winner against the Detroit Red Wings. So that's a great thing. And then uh, topping it off with uh, Gus Forsling, uh, their third power, power play goal of the night. And even how bad was the power play at the beginning of the season is that with the power play of the, that the Florida Panthers have going, in the last few weeks, it still averages 21st in the NHL. But the Panthers are salvaging this road trip right now with with, with getting these last two wins. They, they, after 
dropping in Edmonton, not showing up in Calgary at all, and then these two points, five out of a possible eight right now. Uh, it, it's it's looking pro. It looked promise. It looked promising, but with all the injuries of Lundell already not being not being in the lineup on on Saturday, Barkoff is uh, is still not on the trip with the team, and then Gudis getting injured like not even three minutes into the game, and then Patrick Hornquist in the second period. It's only a tough a, a tougher hill to climb for for the Panthers and we are going to discuss that in segment number two where we're going to discuss all the call-ups all the injury statuses for uh, these players who's expected to dress on Tuesday against Winnipeg and who's expected to possibly be out long term we're going to discuss that next here on Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about Simply Safe at Lockdown panthers we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest especially over the holidays this season give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system simply safe and right now simply safe is offering locked on panthers listeners 40 percent off their new security system don't put this off Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, 30 year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is the whole security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. AC security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big money on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new security system at simplysafe.com slash LockedOnHL today. That's simplysafe.com slash LockedOnHL. There's no safe like SimplySafe. Back on the second segment here on this Monday, December 6th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers are coming off a 5-1 to one victory over the Seattle Kraken. And funny enough, uh, I mentioned at the top of Odyssey Beach Festival on Saturday, Jimmy World happened to be there, uh, and uh, they played Sweetness. So it, it, it maybe it was a sign that the Florida Panthers were going to score a many goals three on the power play which once again uh great to see that that department is going but let's get to the injuries uh anton lindell is not expected to play on tuesday alexander barkoff is not expected to be returned to the florida panthers on this trip but there is optimism based on his status. Radko Gudis and Patrick Hornquist are in concussion protocol. And Frank Zaravelli reported that the that Patrick Hornquist will be placed on LTIR. So 10 days and 24 days that Patrick Hornquist will not be on the active roster for the Panthers. And he has a concussion history. Um, at least more almost almost two handfuls of concussions in his in his time playing hockey and 
if you stayed up for the last West Coast trip, you saw Patrick Hornquist took a pretty brutal hit by Luke Cunnan of the San Jose Sharks just a few weeks ago. And then another one by Daniel Sprong, which, again, should have been called interference. I mean, the one on Luke Cunnan was called a five-minute major. I don't think that was a five-minute major worthy, but at least an interference call. you got to do something about that. Um, and Alexi Hepaniemi, with him being all, already called up and Patrick Hornquist's uh, L- money moved to LTIR, uh, his money... Uh, Alexei Epaniemi's uh, emergency call-up for Alexander Barkov was seen on cap friendly as $0. Now that can be converted into his actual cap hit. Zach Delpy, captain of the Charlotte Checkers, have been, has been called up as well. Uh, 15 points in 19 games. Chris Tierney, his, he's going to get some action uh, for, the, for the Panthers. 16 points in 19 games. Uh, he's played with... Uh, played with the Ottawa Senators organization with Colin White just last season and along with Michael Dozato, but Michael Dozato was not called up. Uh, Matt Kirstead, who had an early call up with Aaron Eckblad being sidelined on LTIR just a few weeks ago. He gets another stint. Saw We saw a lot of Matt Kirstead and Mark Stahl together, but with Radko Gudis expected to maybe not play on Tuesday, we could maybe see that Stahl Kirstead combination possibly come back. So as as far as the lines, man, these are going to be some hard lines to predict because now you have a full roster of 23 players with Hepp already being in the mix, Dalpy, Tierney, Kirstead. And of course, the scratches are likely going to be Barkoff, Lundell and Gouda. So everyone who's getting called up is going to play Panthers up to 16 skaters just the other night. And they still pulled out a five to one win. The Panthers have just been, have felt with their fair share of, they felt the cap uh, restrictions. They felt it. And even without Sasha Barkov in the mix, the, the Panthers have just continued to push through and listen, uh, there. Saturday, Tuesday's game with all the injuries and possibly a line combination that's going to be placed in a blender. Probably, I mean, you could expect your top line of Bennett, Kachuk, Verhage to still remain. You could you could expect that to stay, but as far as the the rest of the lineup, I, I honestly I really I really w- wouldn't know how to uh, to predict to predict how the re- the rest of the the lineup is is going going to look. I mean, Lindell and Reinhardt are not together, so but you don't you won't see players double shifting. You won't see Mahura and Forsling together and then Mahura having another D partner in the in the very next shift of, of uh, Brandon Montour as well. So we could very well we could very much see something like Stahl and Kirstead and Mahura Montour, something like that with a Forsling Ekblad top pair. So I'm gonna guess the D pairs are gonna look like that. As far as the forwards 
the, the top line once again, but the but the rest of the lineup, I I, I you're 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 get all of you guys' guesses as good as mine as far as that one. But the D pairs is a lot easier for me to put a finger on based on r- recent history with Kirstead and Mark Stahl together, and with with with, with let's let's also. Discuss the elephant in the room. Because, just like you guys, what have we been talking about these last few weeks about in relation to Batcher Cornquest? Pre-injury. We've been talking about his trade status. And how Bill Zito wants to keep Patrick Cornquest very valid in the locker room. Once again, go listen to my conversation with David Dork on last last Thursday about maybe the possibility of bringing Patrick Hornquist back on a lower cap hit, a one hit deal because of how much he means to this team and how much he likes the area. Listen guys, the area that the Florida Panthers play in along with winning changes so much. And it's such a luxury. There's a reason why sometimes I say hashtag I live where you vacation. Because this place, during this time of year, no snow, no state income tax, people want to be here. But with Patrick Hornquist now his $5.3 million going on LTIR, how much does it relate to Anthony Duclair coming back? At first, when I saw that, I'm like, Yes, no trade. Anthony Duclair will be coming back right right away, right away. And they they can pull a Tampa Bay Lightning and they don't have to bring uh Patrick Hornquist back until the postseason. That was my initial reaction. But then I had to take a little bit of a step back. And really think about the timing of the injury. National reporters have reported that Anthony Duclair is skating individually, but he's not skating with the team. Huge difference, ladies and gentlemen. And if he were skating with the team, he'd be wearing a yellow non-contact jersey as well. And then trying to get up to game speed as well. Because with the 10 days and 24 days, excuse me, 10 games in 24 days that Patrick Hornquist has to miss. His first game eligible to play would be December 29th against the Montreal Canadiens. If Patrick Hornquist is healthy enough to come back, the Panthers might just bring him back. I know that the timeline of Duclair originally at the beginning of the season said late December, early January. But he's not skating in a team setting. So how much is that LTIR status to declare returning correlated? I don't think it's as as correlated as we think it is. And that's hard. That's hard for you guys to hear. But at the same time, 
Patrick Hornquist has dealt with various concussions and the health of him comes first. We, we want to cheer for the human being and his recovery before we cheer for cap relief and not having to get rid of a player, a, a, a player outside of Patrick Hornquist too. Let's, let's not forget that. So this whole, it being scripted to, to pull what the Tampa Bay Lightning did with Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos just a few years ago. We can't say for certain. If Anthony Duclair come next week when the Panthers practice either at FLA Live Arena or the Ice Den, we see him. Maybe we'll be having a different conversation about this. But think about this. Think about Patrick Hornquist being placed on LTIR and already the other players. Let's just talk about the players who are currently on the team who are who are not on LTIR, who are banged up. Once again, Lundell, Barkoff, and Gudis. Do you really want, do you think, Bill Zito thought of it as we simply cannot put this many skaters on the ice in an, in, a, in an NHL game. I know they did last year against the LA Kings, but that was mostly COVID reasons, not actual I- injuries, hockey related. But you don't want to go through a situation like that again. I mean, it wouldn't be a fun podcast to to have. On a, on a Winans Wednesday. That's for sure. So, don't think it's as connected as we think it is. In segment number three, we are going to discuss the Florida Panthers' upcoming game, their final game of this five-game road trip as they face Paul Maurice's old team, the Winnipeg Jets. We are going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as the Florida Panthers will be taking on the Winnipeg Jets tonight, but not before. Didn't mention on the second segment that the Florida Panthers practice uh, on Monday was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. An open practice to the public there. And looks like the whole state of Wyoming came to see the Panthers, which was pretty neat uh, as the team... Also, based on the posts on their social medias, uh, looked like they went on a ski trip too while they were up in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, never even heard of Jackson Hole, Wyoming until yesterday. So, <laughs> but again, with now the Panthers have a roster full of twenty-three players, they can help, they can put scratches now officially fill fill them out. So. Again, it's about surviving. And this one, just looking at Tuesday night's game against Winnipeg, when you see how rejuvenated this Winnipeg Jets team is under a new head coach, Rick Bonus, 7 3 0 in the last 10, 9 3 0 at home this season, it's a tough hill to climb for the Panthers and all the drama that they've 
dealt with last season with Paul Maurice possibly losing to room and all the stuff that he's dealt with during his tenure there about Patrick Lane forcing himself out, Evander Kane not wanting to be there anymore as well, and Blake Wheeler getting stripped of the C on his sweater, and then the team coming together in, in all of that. And this is with them missing a 20-goal score, Nikolai Ehlers, too. And, but the Jets, top five in goals against in the top five in PK percentage. When you look at the advanced stats for Connor Hellebuck, he's towards the top of the league and goals saved above expected. And the, the save percentage also reflects that as well. So I'm going into this one with the expectation of a loss for the Panthers with captain still out, baby bark offs out these, the calls for the Panthers, which is going to force Paul Maurice to try new things. This, this, this one's a little different. This, this one's a little different as far as maneuvering things, as far as the lines, it's not impossible. The Winnipeg Jets, as far as shots against, they're right in the middle of the pack, but Connor Hellebuck is just cleaning everything up with three shutouts on the season, 12-5-1, and 9-31, save percentage, 227 GAA. The Panthers, in this game, they're just going to have to live in that low slot, live in the blue paint. They're... Of course, the shot volume as far as shots per game. Of course, they're they're towards the top, first in the first in the NHL, first on the road as well. This is where you hope that the puck luck for the Panthers goes their way, because th this is where this is where if you get a win after everything that happened with the, with the injury bug on Saturday we would definitely be popping some emotional bottles here. Of course, it's not only Connor Hellebuck uh, doing the job for the Jets defense. The The defense is led by um, Josh Morrissey as well in, in the mix. And of course, and then, of course, your your players who are a problem for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, Mark Shifley, who's averaged a point per game every single season since 2016. That was the last season that he didn't have a point per game. Kyle Connor as well is another problem for the Jets as well, even though they're middle, even though the, the team as a whole is middle of the pack in scoring. Those are the two guys that if you're the Florida Panthers, you, you got to find a way to stop, stop those guys as well. And, and Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, as well. Uh, even though he was part of that Patrick Lane trade, I mean, I think Patrick Lane is still, the better player and there's drama Pierre Luc Dubois possibly wanting out of Winnipeg and maybe to Montreal. I mean, he's, he signed a short-term deal. So we don't know if he's, uh, if he's there for the long haul and the, the jets, they're, uh, they're a team that's very homegrown, a lot of homegrown talent on their team. 
and there was talks about failure of Paul Maurice uh, developing the homegrown talent to its greatest potential and losing the locker room and lack of accountability as well for star players. And that's something that Blake Wheeler spoke about. And we kind of see it here in Florida where th things go wrong and Paul Maurice doesn't say anything about a specific player on them being the issue on why things aren't going right. And D David and I spoke about this last week where it's really not, it's really about trying to protect the a player as well. And just, and of course the moment that we hear that, that a certain player is called out by a coach, you, you, we want to wonder what we wonder what that player has to say about it. So is it really a bad thing after all? Mm, I, yes and no. But with with Maurice, it's it's it, it, it. I I just wonder how the the crowd reaction is going to be when when he does get introduced. I mean, he was the one who left them in in the middle of last season. So does he get a tribute video? I mean, he was there for a long time. So, and that new voice, the necessary new voice for the Jets um, in Rick Bonus, the there was rumors about him not even being the first choice. Uh, of course, it, they were heavy on trying to get Barry Trotz, who's from the area. But right now, sitting in a playoff spot, uh, second in the Central Division, right behind Dallas, who's also having a great season, Pete, uh, Pete DeBoer uh, having, and Jason Robertson being in the heart conversation as well. Winnipeg's right there and the Panthers got a win la last season, but it was, it was a completely, completely different vibe in Winnipeg than, than what it was now. I mean, remember last year when the Panthers played Winnipeg, it was during the Omicron variant spreading in Manitoba only had 200 people in their crowd so that set a different set of circumstances uh last season but um i have I, I don't have much expectations going into this one based on the different once again different players calling up and different uh adjustments that palmeries will have to make but if you once again if they pull out a win we're celebrating big time because it's a seven out of 10 point road trip for, for the Panthers. And that's where I'm actually going to leave with you guys today on today's episode of the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Tomorrow's episode, Jacob Winans will be returning to the show to recap Tuesday's game between the Florida Panthers and the Winnipeg jets. And who knows, uh, we, we could be talking, we could be very excited or we could just, we could just throw our arms up and say, with the situation that the Panthers are in, okay, uh, on, on to the next one. So I'm already preparing already for, for that one, regardless of result. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to all the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and... Locked on NHL prospects. 
Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today gives you a 20-minute or less podcast on all things in the sports scene with exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.